You're now listening to the Boys in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Good evening and welcome. This is episode 81 of the Boys in the Booth podcast. Cody, Melbourne, and Abrams. Uh, guys, how we doing? Gotta say, Harp, I'm a little frustrated as, as of late, as are all of the Ontarians out here, but... Um, there's not much we can do about that. I really don't understand why I can't go camping. That is lunacy to me. Like you can go into Walmart, but you can't go into the woods. I don't get that, but I don't make the rules. So I'm just going to follow them and uh, continue on with my life. Like all I got left now is like working, watching hockey and exercise. I think I walked like, I think I, last time I looked 58 K this week. Like I've just been so bored. Like what else do you do? Yeah, what else can you do? Dude, we can't even go golfing anymore, which is just brutal. Like when that was announced, I was just like, you've got to be kidding me because when, yeah, go. On, on Friday, we golfed uh, 18 holes in Rivendell. And on the 18th hole, someone texted us saying like, oh, new restrictions are coming in. We're not going to be able to golf as of tomorrow. So we walked straight into the clubhouse and said, can you, can you fit us in like right now? And the guy's like, yeah, go for nine. <laughs> we just went and did another nine because we need to get our fix in before the, like this big restriction kicks in. So, Oh, that's awesome. I've got my potting mat set up. I'm sure you guys both saw that. I posted on my Instagram story. That's about all I can do. Doug Ford can't stop me up here on my balcony in my new apartment, which is where, is where I am right now, um, moved in officially and, and we're here so that's been exciting this weekend. The only downside is currently I don't have Wi-Fi, so I am hotspotting for this uh, video call. So if I am lagging to the listeners, just bear with us. It's just going to be one week um, after this, starting on Wednesday. I'll, I'll have some some good speeds, and then hopefully, you know, we can get the sound quality back to where it should be. But I think it should be okay for this episode. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Harp, how you doing, dude? I, I'm good. Obviously, uh, Case, like you said, I am frustrated with the with the restrictions like everybody is. And it's funny, like I've talked to some people this week and they're saying like, oh, like, thank you, Doug, for letting us go out into our backyards. Thank you very much. Yeah. So it's uh, yeah, it's ridiculous. We can't go golfing and, and stuff like that. It's just it's it, that that guy is just a joke at this point and and he clearly doesn't do his homework and and uh and then is you know oh you, you can't go on play structures you can't go to parks but you know uh after some thought now you can and everything it just doesn't make sense but anyway yeah. we'll get I, through I'm not, it i'm not trying to get political at all when i brought this up i do find yeah. it funny that they're they uh, put in motion that uh, the police can stop you. And then like 14 police regions were like, yeah, we're not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> thought that was pretty yeah. funny. Yeah. But yeah. Anyways. Let's... Anyway. Yes. No uh, case. I know you, you didn't want to get, 
political on this, but uh, <laughs> and th- this is not a, a political podcast, but it just it is ridiculous. And uh, but you know what? We'll get through it. We've got hockey to watch. We've got this podcast keeping us occupied, and uh, and that is great stuff. So anyway, we just got to stay positive, and we'll get through it. So okay, boys. So uh, for this episode, we'll uh, we've got cap or no cap. We'll start with that, and then we're going to be talking about most improved players in this 2020-21 NHL season. So we've go uh, we've both got a couple of players that we're going to talk about each. Uh, also, uh, don't forget to head over to boysandboot.com and order uh, some of our yes. new summer merch. Uh, big thanks to our good friend Emily Carmichael posted a nice pic of her with uh, her Boys in the Booth shirt. So that was great. Looked really good. And uh, yeah, don't forget to order some. All right, boys. Uh, let's start. Uh, let's start with cap or no cap now. So uh, here we go. It's now time for Cap or No Cap on Boys in the Booth. Number one, uh, the Buffalo Sabres should remove the interim tag from head coach Don Granato. Cap or no cap case? No cap. I think that he's come in and done a pretty good job, and he's got a few guys that are left on that team really playing to their their skill set and to what we're used to and what we should expect from them. So, you know, I think he's shown that he can take this team by storm and, and kind of bring them uh, right the ship a little bit. And I know that they're obviously not making the playoffs. And honestly, I, I hope that they start playing really well because maybe they can pass the Devils and the Devils get a better pick because they've lost 12 of their last 14 and four to the Rangers in a row. And I feel like dying. So sorry to make this about New Jersey. But yeah, you know what? Remove that interim tag. Give them another chance next year. Uh, I'm going to say cap. I just think that there are some better coaches around the league who might deserve a a shot and I'm not going to name any right now because I can't really think of any off the top of my head, but I know there are some guys who could be available who have been around the league. So I'll say keep the interim tag. He's, he's done a good job, but I, I don't know if you should commit this early, uh, to, to a guy who's only coached, uh, behind this bench for maybe what, 10 games now. I know he has a winning record, uh, over, over that. That stretch, but I think it might still be too early. Play out the rest of the season, maybe even keep him as an interim GM at the start of next season if you can't find somebody to fill that full time role um, and just kind of see how it goes. I don't think the Sabres are going to be competing for a playoff spot next year, so um, I don't know. If you're going through a rebuild, maybe he's a guy to keep on for a year or two, so maybe that works. But if uh, if you if you want to find a guy who is going to be committed to this team and committed to the rebuild, like I think they should go out and do that and i don't know if don granado was the guy but for right now I, I i would keep the interim tag yeah well you know i agree with a lot of what you said but i think that you know as you said they're not going to make the playoffs next year is the outlook right now well you want a guy that's going to be getting the most out of the the young guys on your team if that's the case and so far he's done that and that's what's really been the decision for me and on top of that it's not only players that don't necessarily want to go to Buffalo, but I don't think a guy like Gallant is going to go to yeah. Buffalo to coach and to get through a rebuild. Like he just started a franchise and we all saw how good he is. He wants to coach a good team right now. Yeah. Anyways. 
I just, yeah, I, I mean, I, I get uh, I get both sides of it. Chad, like you said, it, it, it is a small sample size, uh, you know, under Granado right now. But uh, but then the other side of it is what you said, Case, that, you know, he's done a good job. They have a winning record, and he's, he's getting the most out of young players who really struggled under Ralph Kruger, like Rasmus Dahlin, number one. That is so important. And then, uh, you know, guys exactly. like Case Middlestad and, and, and Tage Thompson as well. So, uh, anyway. Anyways, yeah, I mean, it, I think at this point it's his job to lose. And uh, Chad, like you said, there are some good uh, other uh, coaching candidates out there. So we'll have to see what happens. All right. Uh, number two, the Ottawa Senators will be a playoff team next season. Cap or no cap? Chad. Cap, 100%. That is cap. They are nowhere near being a playoff team. They are the worst team in the North Division. I know they have some fun players. They've got some fun pieces, but there are some glaring holes on this team that aren't going to be fixed in just one year's time. So that is cap. There's no way they compete for a playoff spot next year. This rebuild is going to be long. Um, They've been in the process now for a couple years, and I think If you want to do it properly, uh, as an Ottawa Senators fan, you should be happy that they probably won't be competing for a playoff spot next year because you want to do it right. You don't want to go into the offseason and buy some UFAs and overpay um, and rush the rebuild and do sort of like a team we know fairly well, the Buffalo Sabres kind of did throughout their 10-year rebuild. Um, you don't want to do that. You want to do it properly. You want to tear it down and then build it up through the system, which they have been doing. So I don't think they'll compete for a playoff spot next year. Um, they're too young and they're too sort of immature. And But I think that's a good thing because in a few years time, they will be competing for a spot. And I think they're going to be a damn good team as well. Yeah, uh, I'm going to say cap as well. Like you said, it, the rebuild's a long thing. And if you want to do it right, you want to just keep doing what they've been doing so far. You know, we've kind of seen it with the Devils where they tried to skip a rung on the ladder and, and sign guys like Kulikov and Kulikov. Man, listening to the Boston announcers, they have me saying Kulikov and it kills me. <laughs> I hate it so much. Kulikov, uh, Ryan Murray, like Gusev in the past and Subban making big trades like that, trying to skip a rung. And it's just, it didn't work out. Like, look where we are right now. We're the youngest team in the league. So you want to just keep doing the right thing. You don't want to try to skip. And I don't think that the players are ready to be taking the next step. A lot of exciting guys. It's going to be exciting hockey, even though it's going to be losing hockey, but I think they should, uh, they should keep the rebuild going and, uh, try not to spend any money. Oh, wait, Melnick won't. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> uh, you know, they uh, Matthew Kachuk came out with a nice quote uh, that you can find over at TSN.ca. And he just said, you know, they, they're, a, they're a really difficult team to play against. And I don't think anyone can argue against the fact that they have worked their butts off this year. And they have been a very difficult, uh, hard team to, to play against. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I, you know. Wanted to get your thoughts. I don't know if they're quite there yet. Matt Murray they're, will obviously be a big factor. So uh, anyway, well, uh, pesky, go ahead, Case. Right? They're pesky. They're the pesky sends. That's what people are calling yeah. them. But you can't make the playoffs just by being pesky. Like that's yeah. not how that works. Being tough to play against is one thing, but if you're tough to play against just because you are bad and have nothing to lose, that's not a playoff team. That's just a team who's young, figuring it out. 
and is in a rebuild. And like I said, like they're going to be good in a few years, but for right now, like don't rush anything, please. Even though sense fans, you know, you want playoff hockey and stuff, but please don't rush anything. Like look at the good teams and what they do. They, they do the rebuild properly. You know, we're looking at Detroit going through it right now. They won't be competitive for another three or four years. And I think the Sens are sort of in the same boat there. A three-year timeline is, is sort of what I'm thinking. Um, but do it properly. That's, that's what they should do. And I think if they do that, they'll be a really good team. Part of, part of this question, though, guys, uh, I, I think, like, do you guys not think that Melnick is going to start to kind of put the pressure on Dorian here to be like, OK, like, let's let's start to let's start to make some moves and, and start to try and get into a playoff spot here. Do you not think he's going to start kind of putting the pressure on? If he does, I think he's stupid. So he, so he, so he will then. Yeah, I like I said, like you just this isn't something that you should rush. We've just seen it so many times where teams try to rush a rebuild and it just turns out terribly. Like you look at again the good teams like Tampa Bay, Carolina, Toronto. Like these are teams who have rebuilt from scratch and they're much better off for it. And now you look at teams like the LA Kings rebuilding from scratch. And now, you know, after winning the Stanley cup, just we're getting pretty far removed from that so that they've restarted from scratch. Um, and again, talking about Stevie wise team in, in Detroit, that's another team that's starting from scratch. Like that's what you have to do. If Melnick or, or Dorian or that organization steers towards, you know, retooling and trying to, to get a top line of like Brady Kachuk, Tim Stutzla, and like Evgeny Dadanov or Nick Paul or whoever, like if that line is going to be your top line in the playoffs, like that is not a team that should be competing. Like I just wait it out. That's what you have to do. That's what good teams do. If they try to rush that, they will be crazy and they'll regret it. All right. Fair enough. Uh, good stuff with that. And uh, our final one for cap or no cap on uh, this episode, episode 81 of the podcast. After tying Gordy Howe's record for most games played over the weekend with 1,767, Patrick Marlowe will be back for another season. Cap or no cap case? Cap. I think he's kind of become a little bit... <laughs> irrelevant out there personally watching him it's kind of the same thing we've seen with jumbo joe and i think that this last season was so that he could pass Corey howe and he's done that and now it's kind of you know that's a, that's become an untouchable number he's up there for the iron man streak as well like those are all untouchable numbers but i think it, t- it comes a time where you start realizing that maybe you're going to become a liability to the team and then as a leader yourself you're not going to allow that so it you you yourself know when it's time to hang up the skates and i think he knows that now totally agree case so i'm gonna say cap for this one as well that uh, patty marla will not play another season he got the record um he will be i believe a hall of famer i mean there there's an argument there that maybe he he won't be a hall of famer because he's just been a point contributor um because he's played so many games that's why he's got so many points but (laughs) But the he's fact, played the most ever. You should be a Hall of Famer. Man. I know, but I mean, like, just the fact that you play a lot of games, like, like that's it, that's a win in and of itself. That's impressive. But I mean, I I think he will be a Hall of Famer. I love Patty Marlowe, but like you said, Case, like 
when you're a leader, and that's what Patty Marlowe is, he's been a captain in the past. Um, I think he recognizes that this season, you know, he has sort of been a liability. He has negatively impacted the team, um, a bad Sharks team. Um, so I don't think it matters that much. But yeah, I, I think this is the final year for Patty Marlowe and his legacy will live on in the NHL because so many games played, the most ever, um, which is just so, so damn impressive for, for a guy. And you love to see it. Like Patty Marlowe is the number one guy you, you'd love to see that you know milestone go to because he's just such a fantastic guy he's been around the league like he's so likable like everybody likes him so yeah fantastic i uh, that being said all that being said i don't think he has to play another season who what does he have to prove like nothing so so yeah i'm gonna say cap for that one for the last one uh for cap or no cap Harp. we interrupt the podcast to bring you a message from our sponsor manscaped hey you yeah you the listener got bush Well, you definitely do if you haven't tried the best products from our sponsor, Manscaped. After using these life-changing products, you're going to want to join a ball sack beauty contest. I'm looking out for you too, because I always have an exclusive 20% off discount code here at Boys in the Booth. Use code BITV20 at manscaped.com. Guys, trust me when I say this, this product is fantastic. The Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 is my favorite thing ever. I use it almost every single day. Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full body grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0 kit. The Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with the Essential Lawnmower 3.0 waterproof cordless body trimmer and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your grooming routine. This is the best trimmer out there on the market to help trim your hedges. This trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. When you trim those hedges, the tree just stands taller. I think that's a matter of fact, gentlemen. Inside the perfect package, you'll also find the Manscaped Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, making sure your balls are smelling majestic before your Tinder date. You'll also find the Crop Reviver Ball Toner, which is a spray-on testy toner. It's designed to make your balls smell irresistible. Be sure to add their refined cologne to your arsenal as well. With the uh, perfect package or performance package purchase, you'll get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag $39 value add and the patented high performance reduced chafing Manscaped boxers. So get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BITB20 at manscaped.com. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for your bush trimming experience. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code BITB20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com with the code BITB20. It's 2021 and you've still got Bush? Change that with Manscaped. And now, back to the podcast. All right, fair enough. Okay, and uh, there is uh, another cap or no cap segment for this episode, and we'll move on now to our conversation about the most improved players in the National Hockey League in this 2020-21 season. Uh, we're going to pick two guys each, and uh, Casey Abrams, we will start with you, good sir. Yeah, okay, so I, I have two players. I'll split it up and let you guys talk in the middle so that you don't get sick of my voice, but my first guy here... <laughs> Too late. Um, my first guy is Darnell Nurse. Uh, he's a player that, you know, under circumstance, he's been given a, a huge role this year and a like a huge 
hole to fill for Edmonton with Clefbaum being uh, out for the season. You knew that going into the start of the season, which meant someone on this team has to step up and be that number one defenseman. And Darnell Nurse has done just that. Got some stats here. You know, he has a career high in goals in only 43 games. He has he had uh, five goals, 28 assists, 33 points in 71 games. And this year has 13 goals, 15 assists, 28 points in 43 games. His ice time's up from 23-27 to 25-41. Wow. 25-41. He's top 25 in shot blocks, average. Top 20 for hits by D-men, 15th in points, 5th in plus-minus with a plus 20. He's stepped in and he's he's picked up everything Clefbaum's left behind. And he's really led this team. You know, he's kind of slowed down when it comes to points in this uh in the back nine of this season but early on he was top five in points and, and points per game and he was just playing unreal and you've really seen that and he's such a physical player a two-way guy he's showing his offense this year and um really happy for him honestly a good canadian guy and kind of showing that maybe he's ready to be playing for the olympics when when that time comes and you know i, I read an article though the one bad thing this season for him has been the penalty kill but that's been this team in general has had a terrible penalty kill um i read in an article by david staples at the edmonton journal they pointed out that nurse is leading the team in major mistakes on grade a chances on the PK. <laughs> that sounds like the most arbitrary stat ever and like who's deciding that i don't know but he's doubled his rate compared to last year and and really there's been some detrimental plays on the PK that have led to goals. So um, the PK has been tough for the whole team. So I won't take that away from him. I'm going to say that this guy's had such a great like improvement from last year to, yeah. to use the, you know? Yeah. And that's the theme of this, this podcast is, you know, which players have improved on their former selves in case that's a great candidate right there. I love seeing players who like, have kind of been waiting in the wings and then you you give them uh you know an additional role or or you ask them to step up and they're able to do it and that's been Darnell Nurse this season. You just love to see a guy who, you know, you give the extra minutes like you said averaging 25 minutes a night. That is ridiculous. And you just see what what he can do and like yeah, he's had a fantastic year and the whole time you were talking about like his point production and all of that, I was thinking to myself like because as a Leaf fan, I've watched him a ton and, and the Leafs have, have played against them a, a ton this season. I was just thinking to myself like, okay, yeah, but that's not, you know, the points is not why I noticed Darnell yeah. Nurse. I notice him because he's an asshole to play against. It sucks. Like he makes it so difficult to play against and just being able to get it done at both ends of the ice. Like it's been a really nice step forward for Darnell Nurse. So Casey, great pick there. Yeah, he, he's a plus 20 because he's so good at clearing the crease and he has such a long reach and is tough in the corners. He's just all around defenseman. It's great. So it's good to see him finally get a little production in there. But yeah, he's tough to play against and, and he's improved that from last season. Even the, the things he was good at last season, he's improved on. Yeah, I, I forget who it was some hockey analyst that said that like he's turned into exactly what the Edmonton Oilers envisioned him being when they drafted him seventh overall in, in 2013. And I think since he came over from the Sioux Greyhounds into the NHL, I think he's been uh, quietly very good for Edmonton. But this year he has really popped off and is 100 percent in conversation for uh for the norris trophy so 
yeah, Case, again, that's that's an excellent pick. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll go to you now, Chad, with your first uh, your first pick for, for most improved player this season in the National Hockey League. Sure, and I'll stick with the theme of, of going with defensemen here who, who have improved. Um, originally, I wanted to go with Artem Zub, uh, or Zub, however you'd like to pronounce it, uh, of the Ottawa Senators, um, but I didn't take him for two reasons. First, he played in the KHL for like six years prior to this. He doesn't have an NHL season under his belt, so I can't really say he's the most improved player if I can't compare him to his previous self in the NHL, so that's why I, I skipped on him, but um, uh, second, the reason I didn't choose Zub was because I know Casey hates Mike Riley, and so that's who I wanted to choose. Which I need to retract something there, okay, guys. Sure, he did not have as bad of a minus as I said he did. I said I think he's like a minus twenty, but I was exaggerating big time. I think he's like only a minus two, but yeah. Anyways, fair, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm choosing Mike Riley here. Um, I just want to prove that he's been a really good, you know, player for the Senators this year, and and since his his move to Boston uh, in that trade at the deadline. He's been pretty good for the Bruins as well. There's a reason that the Bruins traded for him. And there's, you know, it's the same reason why I was kind of hoping, you know, sneakily that the Leafs were in on him as as a depth option. So uh, he's got 21 points in 44 games this season between the Sens and the Bruins. He's played only four games with the Bruins so far. Um, But that's up from 16 points in 44 games the year prior between the Sens and the Habs. So he has bounced around uh, quite a bit. But Mike Riley is quietly turning into a 40-point defenseman in the NHL. And, of course, that's that's extrapolated based on an 82-game pace. Um, but he's quietly been really good. He's been playing top four minutes uh, over 22 a night for both Ottawa and Boston on average. He's been a positive contributor, uh, you know, in terms of, like, all the advanced stats as well, so including Corsi 4, especially in Boston this season. Uh, but both Ottawa and Boston are better teams when he's on the ice and and the stats show that and specifically and you guys know i love moneypuck.com moneypuck proves that mike riley has been uh, has made his teams that he's played for better when he's on the ice through their expected goals on versus off the ice graph that they do so on the bruins the only two defensemen who are in the same category in in the category is what I mentioned that they make them better on the ice uh, or when they're on the ice is uh, Grizzly and McAvoy because, you know, duh. So Mike Riley is in pretty elite company there in terms of making the team better when he's on the ice. And that's just being able to control the possession, the scoring chances for and against. So he's been a pretty good two-way defenseman uh, this season. And in his four games in Boston, he's been even better than in Ottawa. I think obviously because you're playing for a better team, you're not getting caved in for, you know, 20 out of your 22 minutes out there on the ice. But uh, yeah, so he's been good. In summary, uh, just to, to break it down, Mike Riley has broken out, in my opinion, as a top four a pretty solid top four option uh, for both the Sens and the Bruins this season. Maybe on a deeper defensive team, like I would say the Leafs, uh, he might be a five or six option. But for Boston, so far, at least through his four games, he's a three or a four right now. 
I know case you don't really like the player because you know your parents are sense fans and you always hear your dad yelling at the TV like what the hell is Riley doing um, that's because he's a you know he's a high risk high reward player but I can say with certainty and the stats show it this year that so far his positive impact has outweighed his negative so that's my summary on I- Mike Riley I certainly haven't taken a deep dive into Mike Riley. I just don't have that much time in my day. Um, So I'll I'll take your word for it. Honestly, all my opinions have come from the eye test and like the eight, eight sends games, 10 sends games I've watched this year. I feel like every time there was a goal scored, I'd look around the ice and I'd see Mike Riley and I go, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Um, Just like a lot of blatant giveaways let's use the uh, major mistakes on grade a chances <laughs> <laughs> yeah really. i'm sure that's pretty high for him um what i will say about the stat that you brought up with like uh, positive impact and, and goals for when he's on the ice um the argument you can make that playing on a worse team is going to drag you down can also be made the other way in that it's harder to make a good team better so comparing him to Charlie McAvoy and Grizzlick, who are, you know, working to make a very good Boston team better is a is just a weird comparison. Using the stat on its own is is a good comparison against the league to show that he has made a positive impact and on a bad team. But uh, the comparison is a little weird with with Boston personally. Yeah, well, just to clarify it. So there are four uh, quadrants on the graph and in the bottom right quadrant and, and it's. The graph again is is expected goals when you're on the ice versus expected goals when you're off the ice. And so in the bottom right quadrant, that's where your expected goals when you're on the ice is higher than when you're off. So you have more of a chance to score uh, and prevent chances when you're on the ice. So he is the only other one in that quadrant with McAvoy and Grizzly. So it's not necessarily that I'm comparing him to those players because obviously those other two guys are better players but i'm just saying that in terms of controlling possession that's where he fits in in that quadrant all right well yeah he's still my second favorite riley <laughs> who's number one I, uh, <laughs> yeah the only other one in the league <laughs> I uh, I like this pick a lot, Chad. Um, I I do think Mike Riley has been excellent this year, and and uh, you know, good on the Senators for uh, capitalizing on uh, on their return for Riley, getting a third round pick from Boston for him. That's pretty good, and he's kind of at that age where a lot of guys start to really come into their own. He's twenty seven years old, and and uh, you know, there, there was a lot of talk about him when uh, he went from Minnesota to Montreal and then arrived in Ottawa that he. He's got all the tools to be a very good NHL defenseman, but he just needs to find a way to put it all together. And uh, and he's he's at that good age now where he has really kind of found his game and has been able to put all his tools together. And uh, he's been a pretty excellent defenseman. And I think if they're the Ottawa Senators, because... I don't think Boston is going to be able to bring him back in the offseason. Maybe they will. Uh, Maybe they'll find some money to make it work. But I I would think that Ottawa should find a way to maybe re-sign this guy on a two-year deal with a good cap hit uh, just because he played so well for them uh, before he was dealt at the trade deadline. So I I like that pick a lot. I like that idea, but I'm a little worried that it would give my dad a coronary or something. (laughs) 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 <laughs> oh yeah true 
Uh, all right, guys. Well, uh, you both picked a couple of defensemen, of course, and and, and I'm going to stick on uh, on the defensive train here and and pick one as well for uh, for my first uh, most improved player this season. That is Michael Matheson of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Of course, a uh, couple of 27 point seasons in in Florida, and then received that big contract. It was eight years at 4.75 million, just a monster ticket. He was dealt in the off season and i mean look at like florida wins this deal still because patrick hornquist has had a a great year there but matheson has really improved uh uh, with the pittsburgh penguins and i think you got to give todd reardon the former capitals head coach a lot of credit there and i just watched the sabers play pittsburgh twice over the weekend and matheson had the puck on his stick a lot of the time he was moving it up the ice looked very confident and uh just looking at his totals here so um 20 uh, 20 points last season in 59 games again after those uh, back-to-back 27 point seasons a minus one and then in 37 games uh with pittsburgh he's got four goals 10 assists for 14 points uh and is a plus five and that plus five really sticks out guys because he is a plus player for the first time in four years in the nhl so he has really improved uh under uh, mike sullivan todd reardon and the coaching staff in pittsburgh uh looks like a, a a better player and yeah i'm going with michael matheson what do you guys think well, the first thing I want to say here is every time I hear Matheson's name, I think to my favorite comedy movie, and that's Pineapple Express. Uh, Craig Robertson plays a guy named Matheson. And when they're on the phone with the drug dealer, he he's like, hey, yeah, yeah, it's me. And then he goes, and Matheson, let my Matheson to you. And he says that. It just kills me. Yeah, I got glass in my ass, man. Yeah, love that character. But talk about a guy who could definitely feel the the stranglehold around his neck from his his team and uh that contract and and having to prove that he is worth that money and worth that trade and and yeah it's always good to see a guy kind of rebound where you know he he got a big deal and then he was traded out because it kind of wasn't working out and then now he's find found his game in, in his new place you know we talk about the change of scenery all the time on this episode and this is an exact uh example of this and Personally, I, I liked Matheson when I when he when he was on Florida. You know, he had some questionable plays in the playoffs that may have hurt his stock and and lots of penalties. But I always kind of liked this guy and those kind of offensive type players. Like I, I, I compare him to a Colin Miller, who's another player that don't ask me why I like him, but I'm always rooting for Colin Miller, and I think Matheson's <laughs> a, a similar player there. So, yeah. Uh, and good first of all good pick harp um just want to say like you know it's a bit odd hearing that name because we know the contract is big and we know even after a a pretty good season this year he probably still won't be worth the deal or or worth the trade in in return for patrick hornquist but the the uh structure of this episode and the whole point is to point out most improved players this year and he is exactly that so 
that's uh it's a good pick i think the contract is is a factor that like we kind of have to get out of our minds when we're talking about players but being a plus player and and i know plus minus is such a skewed stat but like for for a guy who was likely having some confidence issues getting caved in like having to live up to that contract like whatever being a plus player is nothing to scoff at that that's really great that he was able to turn that around and and have a bounce back season you love to see that kind of stuff and uh again just saying this isn't related to matheson necessarily but don't sleep on the penguins man like don't sleep on the penguins in the playoffs who knows yeah, but like yet again, I mean, I, I, I finally have realized, guys, that uh, to never rule out the Penguins. Like I, I thought they were going to take a step back, the goaltending, all of that. But Jari and Smith have been great, and uh, the they just picked up Jeff Carter, and you got Hexall and Burke there, and they're <laughs> they're 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 a contender yet again, and it's just like oh boy. So and just to go back, I I, I think I screwed up the contract, so it's six more years at four point eight seven five million for for Michael Matheson. So hey, not a great contract, but. He has improved this season, and that is the focus of this episode. So, anyway, all right, there we go. We got three defensemen for our first uh, our first players for most improved this season, and uh, I have a feeling we're all going to go to forwards now. So, uh, <laughs> Case, why don't you uh, why don't you kick us off here? No, or do I'm you not, have another defenseman? I'm not going to crack it yet. I have another defenseman that is in a very similar t- situation to Darnell Nurse, and I kind of have a theme here this episode. Um, and at the end of this, I, I do want to rip in a sneaky little honorable mention, as I mentioned before. Um, this defenseman is Jacob Chikrin. He, exact same situation as Darnell Nurse. You know, Oliver ekman Larson's kind of taken a step back. We've noticed this. Jalmerson's not really uh, that defensive stud that he was before. And it was kind of a situation where, you know, Goligoski as well add him to the list of players that are not there anymore um it was another situation where someone needs to step up and take this team and push them over that tweener position that they've been in and get them into the playoffs and so far it's happened because of jacob chikrin and i think that he's really stepped up and been that number one defenseman over oel so far this season you look at his stats again like i did with darnell nurse Last year, he had 12 goals, 14 assists, 26 points in 63 games. This year, 13 goals, 18 assists, 31 points in 45 games. So he's just blown his numbers out of the water there. It's been a difference maker in like many small areas when you watch him play, um, but also in game-changing situations, i.e. the Ducks game where they yeah. won 3-2 and he scored all three goals with one of them being the OT winner. You know, yeah. that, Talk about being a game changer. He won the game. That was it. He won yeah. that game. So uh, his ice time's up from 2309 to, or up to 2309 from 2226 last year and 2015 the year before. And an important stat for me for seeing him taking a larger role is his giveaways are down from 52 to 29 this season and in way less games. So that's, uh, or in less games, but in a larger role is what I meant to say. Right. And in, so he's dropped his expected goals against, uh, from 45 down to, uh, I didn't write the stat down. So 
They've dropped is the point. Vamp. <laughs> 32. Or some, yeah, 45 to 32. Okay. So, you know, he's much more reliable in his own zone as well as putting up the points. He's on the ice more. He's in more uh, difficult situations. He's just been a better all-around defenseman for this team and, and their number one guy now, which is what they needed. This is... They drafted him for this exact reason, and they needed a guy to push them over the edge, and so far he's been that guy. Yeah, I think we can all agree, Case, that OEL has taken a step back, and we kind of, you know, when he signed that deal, we were kind of like, okay, that's not bad. You know, he's an elite defenseman, but he's been good, but not really great. He hasn't really put his name into the, you know, sort of elite company of of offensive defensemen or or just you know Norris caliber defensemen around the league so he's taken a step back he hasn't really lived up to to what we thought he was going to be so so yeah there's that you need a guy to take a step up that's exactly what Chikrin did I'll admit I've been pretty I don't want to say hard on Chikrin but kind of like almost dismiss like dismissed him as as a number one option because I just kind of thought you know Arizona they're not going to be as competitive as they have been clearly this year. Like I, I was kind of, you know, down on them. But Chikrin has been a really nice surprise there and uh, has has really made a name for himself this season. You mentioned like, you know, seven, like 0.75 points per game or whatever it is. So that's that's fantastic. And you love to see that again, going back to like the Darnell Nurse thing. You love to see when a guy gets given an opportunity, whether it be because of injury or just the play of, of a guy ahead of him in the, in the depth chart or whatever it may be. But getting that opportunity and then being able to do something positive with it, you absolutely love to see that. So really, really good pick, Case. Yeah, exactly why I picked him. Yeah, Harp, so I when, uh, when you go on to NHL 21 and uh, you do the uh, the roster update, make sure that OEL is rated lower than Jacob Chekrin. There you go. <laughs> Um, and uh, look at guys. We we knew that uh, he didn't have to improve his uh, his looks in the off season to come in for this year. That guy's a man rocket. Holy jeez! Oh yeah. But uh, he he has been uh, he has been really good. And and I think we we did see some significant improvement even last season uh, coming into this year. But just did not think he would pop off like he did. And this guy will get Norris votes. And you know what? Like Arizona is surprisingly kind of on the outside looking in like they're they're in the race to maybe get in uh with uh with a playoff spot by the skin of their teeth they think they've got a right around like a 500 record or so and they didn't sell off a, a bunch of pieces like you know they didn't trade Connor garland to the leafs at the deadline and and uh and moves like that and so uh, they they need young players to step up and make an impact in a big way, and Jacob Chikrin has certainly done that in Arizona. So that's a great pick. Yeah. Case. At, at this point, at the start of this episode, they're in fourth in their division, so in a playoff. Perfect. Right now. Um, yeah. So I want to get a little sneaky honorable mention in because I always have an honorable mention, and <laughs> a player that for the same reason, Chad, as you talked about Zub, same reason why I didn't go with him is because he's a rookie in the league, and how can you? really be a most improved player but i want to go with igor sharangovich from the devils it's a guy that you know no one knows about and everyone should uh if you ask me he was a dark horse to make the team this year uh, you know he was a overage fifth round pick in 2018 
he had 10 goals and 15 assists in uh, 57 AHL games last year. And then when the season was put on hold, he was loaned to the KHL to play for Minsk, where he wore an A. A lone player <laughs> sent over 22 years old was given an A. That was mind-blowing to me. And he scored 17 goals in 34 games. He was just lighting it up. His shooting percentage was through the roof, and he was flying out there. So that caught all the eyes of all the Devils fans. And then he makes the team out of camp instantly. And he scored, he scored 10 goals and 10 assists in 42 games so far this season in the NHL. He plays a sound defensive game. He's been on the PK, on the power play, in overtime situations. Like They use him at all strengths. And he's been so good and he's such a guy for me to watch continue to improve but you know as normal the 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 money pig lazy (laughs) thieves at ea sports (laughs) still have him at like a 75 overall case just think about what if we want to partner with ea i don't in the future I'll partner with anyone else. What if, I, what if they offer us a contract and then they listen to episode 81 of the podcast and they're if, like, you if, know what? We can't. If EA gives us a contract, this is going to be binding. Well, you can officially kick me out of the podcast. All right. So well, that you can keep that contract. Okay. <laughs> we'll have to keep episode 81 uh, on, on tab, ready to go. But no. Mikhail Maltsev, who's played uh, 29 games in the NHL this year, but is still a 71 overall with AHL top six potential. Like, good job, EA. You really nailed that one. Yeah, we were, ta- we were talking about this before uh, we, we started recording the podcast. Like, there are some really bad ones. Like, Trevor Moore, I believe, is still 73, even though he's having a really good year this year and is playing, like, you know, 15 minutes a night for an NHL team and has been for, like, two years, and he's still yeah. 73 overall in the game. But, like, Anyways, this is actually a good time to plug our custom rosters because after the deadline, EA actually did an update to NHL 21. We're going to look at that update and we have been over the last like week or so or since it came out and we're going to do some more upgrades and then we're going to upload the NHL 21 rosters again to our website at boysintheboot.com and you can go there and get some good rosters if you actually want to have some more accurate uh, player ratings in NHL 21 because Lord knows they're not accurate. But anyways, we're getting we're, we're getting totally away, but that's that's fine. Um, case, <laughs> Igor Sharangovich good pick as as your honorable mention and uh like i said earlier artem zub i think would be a good honorable mention too but the whole khl thing a couple things with sharon govich one i wonder if he played in the khl for minx minx minsk before coming over <laughs> because that would be he, uh, some, the reason we wore an a you know he played one season there before yeah, yeah so that you know there's the familiarity that uh, that's what i was wondering right off the bat so that kind of makes sense um not to mention minsk is in belarus and okay. he's from belarus interesting yeah well according to a big deal to them according to pk suban uh he's Man, russian according to everyone everyone thinks he's russian and everyone says that like all the announcers say oh his his countrymen and yeah. it, it, he's not from russia stop saying that yeah. same as georgiev we all think he's from russia but he's from uh i thought he was russian to be honest he's not russian 
he's from one of the other countries i can't yeah. think of <laughs> um, anyway what what i was saying about sharon govich is that uh, <clears throat> good pick uh, as your honorable mentioned uh i would not know his name if it weren't for this podcast i've heard you talk about him over the last like year or so and it's good to see that a guy who didn't have a great year in the american league the, the previous season can sort of find his game and, and become a full-time nhler i think that's so cool yeah um i want to move Just, on by the way yeah. by the way before you move on yeah. bulgaria he's from bulgaria who georgiev yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I uh, want. I want okay. to move on. Um, we have two more players to get to. One. One for me, and, and one for Harper. And again, we're talking about our most improved players here this season. Um, I'm gonna go first. I'm gonna go with Alex Galchenyuk of the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's right. You heard that correctly. Alex Galchenyuk plays for the Toronto Maple Leafs. This is 2021. It's a weird year. It's a weird season. But that's uh, that's what it is, and and that's how it is right now. He has seven points in 14 games for the Maple Leafs, so that's half a point per game if uh, you can do that quick math. Um, it, it was funny, after scoring his very first goal with the Leafs, including that goal, his previous six goals were scored with four different teams. So Toronto, Ottawa, Minnesota, and Pittsburgh, and between those four teams, Carolina was also in the mix too. He was on Carolina. I don't know if he ever played a game for them or whatever, but he's bounced around is the point I'm trying to make. But right now, he's playing in the top six. Uh, I think tonight he's, he played with Matthews and Marner. Uh, he has been playing with Tavares and Nylander. Um, Nick Robertson, by the way, is playing in the top six on that left side as well with uh, one of those pairs. Uh, they kind of alternate. But Galch is playing on one of those lines in the top six, but he's only playing about 14 minutes a night. He swaps out you know, with, with Zach Hyman, and he doesn't get the power play time and, and this and that. But... All of that, all of that considered, he's had a pretty good uh, season so far in his 14 games played for the Maple Leafs. He's fifth on the Leafs in expected goals per 60, so that uh, accounts for ice time. He's seventh in points per 60. Uh, he has a positive Corsi four, and when Galchenyuk is on the ice, uh, the Leafs are controlling the majority of the play. And obviously, you can attribute some of that to the people that he plays with. But he's just had a really good fit. Like for a guy who has bounced around so much in the NHL, like they even said, Kyle Dubas said, you know, we want Alex to sort of take a breath and relax and focus on his game. And then when he's ready, he'll be able to jump up to the NHL and, and make an impact. And obviously that's paraphrasing, but Kyle said something in and around that. So, and that's, that's sort of what has happened. So just yeah. overall, Alex Galchenyuk, just to, to sum up here, final point, he's been a, a positive contributor this season for the Leafs and he has improved significantly from the player who was bouncing around the league, sort of looking for a fit. Yeah. You know, that's exactly what happened. You know, he went down to the AHL and had eight points in six games. So yeah. that was that little feel good moment for him. And then he gets to play in the NHL. And, you know, despite his dog water last two years that he's had, <laughs> you can't forget that this is a once 30 goal scorer and it still has a 0.57 points per game rate in the NHL over his career. So this guy has done it and still can do it. He's just got to be given the right opportunity. And, and so far he's had that in Toronto with um, where they've slotted him into the lineup and it's worked out. And it kind of seems if you like the few NHL games or a few Leafs games I've watched this season, I've watched a lot of NHL games. Um, he's also found a little more of an identity of kind of 
being the energy guy on the line and going into the corners and bashing and, and clanging around, which makes sense because he's not a small guy by any means. So it's good to see him kind of figure out a 200 foot game so that you can fit into the lineup and then the production will come once you fit into the lineup. So this is a good pick. Yeah, I, uh, I like to pick as well. And, you know, it's kind of funny. I, I, I thought Gouch honestly would have would have stuck around in Minnesota because he had the same point totals, seven points in 14 games like he like he uh, has with the Leafs. And uh, but I mean, it, you knew that he wasn't going to be able to to sustain that kind of production in in Minnesota. It just doesn't have the players to play with like he does now in Toronto, obviously. And I was surprised when they picked him up. I thought, okay, like you know, some depth, and he'll be like a third or a fourth line guy, and you know, good guy to have in your bottom six who has some skill and needs a needs a change of pace, but. I mean, hey, they, they've put him in the top six. They've given him an opportunity and some confidence. And Matthews and Marner and the rest of the boys in, in T.O. seem to like him. And he's taken advantage of an opportunity. So I, I like the pick. Did Did you guys hear the story of when Alex Galchenyuk first came into, into town, into Toronto, when he got traded here? Um, he ran into William Nylander when he was walking his dog. And I don't know if it was sort of like outside the hotel that they were staying in or if uh, if they live close or whatever, but they ran into each other and Nylander didn't know that that was Alex Galchenyuk that they were taught that he was talking to. And they had a one hour chat. And the next day at the presser, Galchenyuk was asked, you know, how he's been getting along with teammates or whatever. And he said, oh, yeah, I had a one hour chat with Nylander. And then the next day, Nylander gets in front of the presser and he's like, he admits he's like, oh, yeah, I thought that was just a guy walking his dog. And then he told me he played in the NHL. And then it clicked after they started talking that that was Galchenyuk and he was traded to the Leafs. So I just thought that was hilarious. I have the, such a hard time believing all this, because why would Willie Nylander talk to some random guy for an hour? I think it was like when they ran into each other, they didn't know. Like or he didn't know, and then as they started talking, he was like, "I'm Alex Galchenyuk. I like I just got traded here." And then and then it was like, "Oh, okay, got it, got it, got it." Also, like, what an fu moment! Like, dude, I've been in the league since 2013, uh, 20, 2012, 2013. You don't know who I am. Why don't you, <laughs> you arrogant little bastard? <laughs> yeah, and you know what, Galchenyuk has done something that Willie has not, even though he's been on pace to do so multiple seasons, and that score thirty goals. I don't believe Nylander has hit thirty goals yet. So there you go, Galchenyuk has. So that's kind of funny to to think about there. But yeah, what an fu moment from <laughs> the pretty boy himself, Willie Nylander. Yeah. My goodness, and that's oh, why he's my anyways, favorite player. Jeez. <laughs> oh, well, he uh, he knows him now. At least we hope he does, uh, because they're teammates. So, oh, jeez, that's that's good. Um, all right, we're uh, we're getting uh, close to the end here, talking about most improved players this season in the NHL once again. And uh, my pick, and in my opinion, he is 
the most improved player by, by a mile, I think. And that's Carter Verhage. He's from Toronto, actually was, was picked by the Leafs in the third round in 2013. And my goodness, guys, like the, he has just popped off in, in Florida this year. And, and you go back to um, the way he, he ripped it up with the Syracuse Crunch in the American Hockey League. He had 82 points, uh, 34 goals as well that year, and 76, uh, sorry, in 76 games, 82 points and, and 34 goals. That was the 2018 uh, season in the AHL. And then last year, of course, on the Stanley Cup winning Tampa Bay Lightning, you know, a solid uh, fourth line forward who had 13 points in 52 games, signs a bridge contract with uh, the Florida Panthers this year and uh, he's got 35 points in 42 games, 17 goals. Uh, he's almost a 20 goal scorer already. Panthers are a really good team and you know what? The the Alex Barkov effect, that whole thing, I mean, yes but at the same time, you have to be a very good player to play with another very good player and Verhage has uh, become a, a, a star in Florida and just, you love to see it uh, just a, a change of scenery for a guy just to pop off the way he has and he has been a great addition to the Florida Panthers and the funny thing about it too is it has no effect on the Tampa Bay Lightning they just they lose this guy and it's like because you always hear you know teams lose a certain guy and they're like oh they uh, what a what an awful thing to lose that guy or whatever. It doesn't matter for Tampa. They're just like, no, we're happy for him. We got you know just uh, insert player X here in his spot, and we're yeah. uh, we're fine. But really happy for Carter Verhage, guys. What do you think? Yeah, this has been one of those storylines that's fun to follow throughout the whole league, and everyone wants to post about it because it's the the best story. You want to hear this little success story no matter what. It's kind of like a a whole Jared Hole type story where a guy's bouncing around in the AHL, ECHL, kind of all around in his career. He's been on a couple teams and then finally gets a shot in the NHL and it was so-so on a, on a very good team. So that kind of makes you feel like maybe he's not an NHL player. You know, you get a little weird taste for him. But man, you say change of scenery. I don't know how, how much scenery changes from Tampa to Miami, but <laughs> whatever happened, it worked. <laughs> like it must be the water just a little further south because man, he has had such a good season. Definitely the most improved player in the entire league for sure. Great picker. Like thanks. One hundred percent. This was the low hanging fruit. This was the obvious one. Like this guy has improved immensely from last season. And again, it's just the case where you give a guy some extra minutes and put him in some favorable situations and just see what happens like Harper it's funny you mentioned that the Tampa Bay Lightning aren't missing this player because just imagine any other team losing this player what the storyline would be throughout this season it would be like oh my god imagine if you know say it was the Senators or like the Minnesota Wild or like whoever oh imagine if they had Carter Verhage back look at the year he's having for Tampa Bay it'd be like fire dorian yeah exactly and for tampa bay it's like ah whatever like we've got two superstars on ltir and we're still first place in the league so it doesn't matter but it's kind of cool and like this team the florida panthers 
like I was, I was kind of low on them at the start of the year because I didn't project a guy like Carter Verhage having this this sick year. Um, no one did. No, no one did. No one did for sure. But you look at this team; it's sort of like the island of misfit toys. Like we've made this comparison before, um, specifically to the, to the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, you know, the island of misfit toys. You look at guys who are in a similar boat to Verhage, who kind of just didn't get the right chance on their previous team, but now are playing some pretty good hockey. Um, so you've got, you know, Duclair in there as well, who actually was picked just two picks before for Hagee in that 2013 draft. So a little weird connection there. And Sasha Barkov was picked second overall in that draft. Um, but yeah, you've got Duclair, Gusev, now Sam Bennett, who is in a similar situation. Mason Marchment, the former Toronto Maple Leaf. Um, so you got a bunch of guys there. They've got a good group of of players who kind of maybe want to stick it to their former teams and and maybe that's you know the the driving force behind this team playing so well so it's it's great to see that specifically Carter Verhage's had a really good year um you mentioned 35 points in 42 games played but that's not even the most impressive stuff here the most impressive stuff lies in the underlying numbers, and I knew someone was going to bring this guy up, so I, I did a little bit of research. He's third on the Panthers in expected goals behind, uh, guess who, the big two up front. He's second in real goals um, with either 17 or 18. He's hovering around there. Uh, he'll be a 20-goal guy in a shortened season, so that's fantastic. Uh, he's third in points. He's second in goals per 60. So, again, if you give this guy maybe even a few more minutes or some more power play time or something, he could be even better. Uh, and he's third in points per 60, so same thing. This guy has been unreal top to bottom and has been such a nice surprise for the florida panthers so harper great pick on most improved players uh in the nhl season this year to sort of wrap it up yeah and and talk about a great contract as i mentioned bill zito and company in florida were able to get him uh for two years at one million a season so he makes a million bucks this year he'll make a million bucks next year and uh maybe won't have this big season next year that he that he has been having but uh still uh, what an addition for the florida panthers who are a much better team because of it and uh, and there we go so good conversation guys about most improved players this season in the nhl if you think we missed anyone uh shoot us a, a dm on instagram at boys in the booth if you think we missed anybody uh that uh, you wanted us to bring up uh, we will welcome your thoughts and opinions and uh, don't forget our summer merch is available the nice weather is rolling around if we get to a certain number and chad what is that certain number if we in sell sales? if we sell more than thirty seven hundred dollars we will play a full round at the brockville country club in boys in the booth branded golf skirts so bye 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 don't miss that and hopefully doug ford allows us to do that at uh, some point this summer that's right you could see uh our big behinds in uh in boys in the booth uh golf skirts if we uh if we hit over 3700 bucks in sales so there we go boys in the booth.com for all of our new merch it's fantastic champion branded looks great and uh yeah looking forward to seeing more orders and thanks so much for all your support stay positive during these times we will get through it thanks so much and we'll talk to you again next week 
This has been another episode of Boys in the Booth with Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at www.patron.com slash boysinthebooth.